0: Welcome to CruxCast, Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We got earlier today with Tony Barese, who's the CEO of Questex Golden Copper, 23 million market cap today, in the process of raising another 8.8 million bucks. We're talking about what he plans to do with that, plus two new strategic investors in the shape of Skina Resources and also Adam Lund Dean. Um, in the Golden Triangle they talk through what they're going to be focused on, where they think the value, near-term value creation comes from. And If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, the company, the man himself, uh, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, including uh, Gold and Copper. We've got training courses on there to help you with your diligence process. We've also got summaries of interviews that we've done. In fact, all of our interviews, just to save you some time because we know you're busy. Uh, but most importantly, you should try to uh, join a thriving group of investors showing there. Thoughts and ideas in a nice, friendly, and safe environment, free from judgment, trolling, and abuse. And You can do that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Tony, how are you, sir?
1: I'm great, thanks, Matthew. It's great to get a chance to catch up with uh, with you and Crux Investor.
0: Well, fantastic. We saw you at the beginning of uh, November. It's been an interesting uh, market for sure. How have you been keeping yourself, though?
1: Great Matthew. You know, um, I've, I've been holed up in my, uh, in my home office since we last talked, uh, but the company has been progressing in, in such a fantastic way. Um, we've been, uh, including myself as part of the technical team. Uh, we've been digging deep into uh, the, the large uh, amount of data that we have from our, our many properties in British Columbia, prioritizing those targets, planning an aggressive multi-property drill program for this upcoming field season, and you know our share price is headed in the right direction right now. We're raising the big bucks that we need for our exploration program, and things are looking up for QuestX.
0: That's it's good. It's good. That's why we, why we want to wanted to have you on the show. You're, you're bucking the trend that most precious metal graphs are heading. Uh, a little bit south at the moment. Um, well, look. Why don't we kick off for people new to this story um, with that summary of what it is—one minute summary of uh, what you are—and I'll pick it up from there with some questions. Sure. Questex
1: Gold Copper is an ex- exploration company. We have one of the largest portfolios of properties in one of the top-tier districts in the world, British Columbia, Canada. Most of those properties are in one of the most well-known and prospective mining districts in the world, the Golden Triangle. And we have uh, a newly assembled management and technical team who are doing deep dives into uh, the data from these properties. We've been prioritizing the targets, and now we've planned an aggressive multi-property exploration program for this upcoming season. And really, that's what the bread and butter of exploration companies are. You can't just say that you have properties that you think gold, that have gold on them. You have to get out there and find that gold. And that's something that this company hasn't done in a number of years. It's not priced into our current value, uh, but we're getting out there this year and doing it. Uh, And so I think, you know, we're going to see some appreciation uh, from the market. Uh, just from the fact that we're getting out and uh, we're going concern as an exploration program uh, company now.
0: Fantastic. Well, look, and we'll um, point people to. We'll put a link below in the description to the last interview we did at the beginning of November because we got into some detail there. You know, the historical and business plan and strategy and the team and so forth. So, I would uh, encourage people to go and have a look at that. Um, I'm interested in what you've done since we spoke. Um, I'm, I'm reading. Well, obviously, as you say, share price up. You've gone from fifty-four to ninety-three. That's that's a nice movement. Market cap, you know, 20, 23 million bucks. So people are starting to take notice of what you're doing here. Um, we'll get into the projects in a second. But you, you've had a couple of new additions to the team in the in the sense that you've got Skeena and Adam Lundeen involved now. I mean, what what did they buy into?
1: Yeah, you know, if you take a look at exploration companies that are exploring in the Golden Triangle, if you've got one good property and you're planning on doing an exploration program on it in 2021 and it's already funded, your market cap is 40, 50, 60, 70 million dollars. When those guys, at the start of our financing, our market cap was around 15 million dollars. That is a huge discount for. A uh, going concern explorer in the Golden Triangle, and we don't just have one property in the Golden Triangle. We have the third largest land package in the Golden Triangle, behind only Pretium and Seabridge Resources, both of which have multi-billion-dollar market caps. So you know those guys saw the opportunity as an investment opportunity, in addition to the strategic placement of their funds into our company in case. We have the real reward at the end of all of this, which is finding a mine. And especially in the case of Skeena Resources, you know, our KSP property is located exactly in between their two development projects, Escape Creek on the one side and SNP on the other side. They're probably going to put a road right across our property to access SNP. So what are we doing on that property? This year, we're defining a maiden gold resource for RNL showing on that property. That makes a lot of sense for SKINA to want to have a piece of that because looking at this thing as a regional play, which is really what the big players usually do when they get into a district, it makes a lot of sense to have another deposit in between two that they're looking at developing, as well as a large prospective, um, a large prospective land package. But in the end, it's also just a pure good investment because uh, we haven't seen the appreciation that so many of our peers have from just going about the general business of exploration in the Golden Triangle.
0: Right. Okay. Land, large, large land packages cost money to work, right? You've noticed the uh, release recently. You, I think you've just slightly upsized it to what well, must be $8.8 million. You're going out to market. Why?
1: Right, okay. So our technical team has been working really hard to identify the targets that we want to explore this year and looking at what reasonable exploration programs will be, what we can execute with the team we have. And we've identified basically two really top tier priorities. uh, And to to execute on those, we need between five and $6 million. Um, And that's what we're raising in in flow-through funding, uh, and, you know, f- frankly, the, the extra funding, um, uh, which, which could be earmarked for exploration this year or next year and also cover, um, some of our GNA expenses. Um, that's funding that is above and beyond what we needed for the exploration, but it's really what we, uh, ended up taking to get these strategic partners into the story.
0: It's interesting, interesting because you know we talked about 22, 23 million market cap company going and raising near, down at nine million bucks. You know, saying some shareholders are going, oh, it's quite dilutive. Why take it all in one go? Why not, you know, take a little bit less, work, work it up, create some more value, and go and raise some more money. So, was this being is this decision driven by you and the board, or is this driven by a strategic investor in, in, in the shape of Skeena, uh, and is that in your interests?
1: Sure. Um yeah, no, that's an important question. I mean, when you're looking at financings, you're in our, in our case anyway, you're looking at uh, multiple potential opportunities. And none of them are necessarily exactly the opportunity that would would be perfect for you. So you have to weigh weigh the uh the different opportunities against one another. Um And, you know, when you bring in a strategic investor, uh, rather uh, the terms that they come in on are a negotiation. Uh, It's never just exactly the way that you want them to come in. Uh, So was this financing a little bit more dilutive than what what we needed to do our exploration program? Yes. Was it worth it to bring in these strategic shareholders? I say yes, and I think the market has said yes too, because I mean, we did the financing at 60 cents and what are we trading at today? Like 93 cents or something like that. So I think it was the right choice for us. And there's, n- there's never anything wrong with having some extra money in the treasury so that you're able to do a good job of planning the future year's exploration program. The other thing I'd like to point out about this financing is that there was no warrant attached, not a half warrant, not a full warrant, No warrant. So, if you look at other financings that companies are doing that are, say, less dilutive than ours, a 20% dilution or a 15% dilution, something like that, well, those financings often have a full warrant attached. So, on a fully diluted basis, they're twice as dilutive as as, uh, what they are at face value. And when you're looking at the kind of growth that we think we're going to end up having in our share price our market cap, that is a big hangover in the end. Uh, so I, I I think it it was really um, quite strategic of us to be able to do this financing without a warrant attached.
0: Okay, and I agree. I agree with that. It was it was best without. Um, so let's talk about where where you're going to spend spend your money. Because you, you've got to need some. It's all great having a big district, right? And having multiple targets and so forth. But you've got to get focused and will prioritize your spends you know, as to where you're going to see the biggest return. And I guess with new strategic shareholders, they're going to have a too, right? So what have you just? What do you? What, what uh, strategy have you decided on?
1: Sure. Um, well, you know, it's a gold bull market. So we're exploring for gold. <laughs> uh, we have tremendous opportunities for copper-gold porphyries on our properties as well, um, and I'm really excited about those opportunities. And we'll be quietly advancing those with mapping and geophysics, and geochemistry, less expensive methods. But those aren't what we're really advancing this year, as far as um, as far as drilling goes. We're looking at the low-hanging fruit, Matthew. So um, on our KSP property we have what I believe is the most advanced gold project in all of the Golden Triangle that does not already have a resource. This thing has a kilometer and a quarter of underground workings, 40,000 meters of historical drilling. It's called the Enel Gold Showing. And so again, this is in a district that has massive, very rich gold mines, Eskay Creek, Snip, Bruce Jack. And this is the most advanced project in that district that does not already have a resource well there were a couple of things that were holding it back from having a resource and we've now overcome all of those hurdles we're confident that even without drilling this project we'll be putting out a maiden resource for 2020 this year uh, on the enel showing but we're also going to be drilling it uh, because there's some areas that have very high grade mineralization as well as lower grade shoulder, broad areas of lower grade shoulder mineralization uh, that we're not able to include in the current resource, even though we know they're there because of the nature of the historical drilling. So we'll be drilling, we'll be making high grade intersections, long intersections. We know we we have a high degree of confidence that we will be doing that because of the historical drilling and through the process of doing that, we'll be increasing the grade and the tonnage of this maiden resource before we put it out. So that's what we're doing on our KSP property but we also want to expose our shareholders to real discovery potential and there's a great grassroots target on our Sophia property in the Tutagon district this is another one of our 100 percent owned properties 91 square kilometers in a really hot district and you know the real model for success in the Tutagon district right now is drilling low sulfidation gold silver veins This is what benchmark metals is doing at their lawyers project if you look at their share price last year at this time it was like 20 cents and they went on to their lawyers project started drilling these gold silver veins and now their market cap or their share price is like a buck 50 or something like that huge appreciation from the market for uh, the work that they've been doing now we have a very underexplored gold, silver, low sulfidation vein system on our SOFIA property. It's mainly been explored by drilling over about a 225 meter strike length, but it extends 4.8 kilometers in strike length. This is a big system. And even with just the very limited drilling that's been done on on that system, there've been some great results. So like 21 meters of three and a half grams gold and 22 grams per ton silver. That's the kind of result that Benchmark is putting in the headlines of their news releases. So we're going to be getting onto that property and really doing some great work to expose our shareholders to potential new discovery.
0: Right. But it's got to come back to the model that you're going to employ, which is because you've got multiple projects, you're going to focus on on these two. So let's come back to like KSP, for instance. You're going to come up with the maiden resource of what size are you going to be aiming for? What would good look like for you? And who are you, who are you really talking to? Because you don't want to use your balance sheet, you want to bring partners in who can and move projects on at, at some point. So what do you hope to be able to go to market with when you come with your maiden resource?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I I can't speak to what I actually think the resource is, is going to be because it's not, it's not out yet. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it would really be worth, okay, let's take a look at, at the region. We've got Eskay Creek to the west of us, um, or sorry, to the east of us, um, and they're pushing a 3 million ounce gold resource um, and a huge silver resource. Look just to the west of us and at SNP, we've got, they're pushing a million ounce gold resource there. Um so what would it take to uh, make something worthwhile in between those two? Well, I don't think it would be worthwhile unless we were looking at, you know, a half million ounces or something like that to start okay. um, with, with potential to grow.
0: Okay, I, I guess that's my point because there are maiden resources, and then there are maiden resources, and then it's a question of, you know, do you uh, move it on? Do you look to build that resource, or do is that the point with half a million that you think you can attract someone, or you would want to try and attract someone? I mean, how, how are you going to play it?
1: Uh, well, you know, first of all, I think that there's a very good chance of, uh, well, we've already identified a large opportunity for expanding. Um, the known footprint of, of the Anal deposit. So, whatever our made in resources, it's just to start, Matthew. Um, and we're going to uh, be working on it in, in the years ahead. Uh, we're not going to uh, vend it uh, in, until we, we really see uh, it, its true value. Um, but that being said, you know, I think that um, Skeena wants ounces. Um, and, and they want a large land package and they want to consolidate this district or, you know, that's, uh, that's my point of view anyway. You'll have to talk to Walter to find out um, from, from the horse's mouth. But uh, um, I, I, I think that the, the real model here is for us to develop this thing into something that's uh, going to give real accretive growth and value to our shareholders and in the end, that's probably going to look like some kind of property purchase or corporate transaction.
0: It's it's always a tough one talking to people like you because you can't tell me what I want to know because um, you got to play the game. You know I, we have spoken to Walter on a, on a few occasions, and we will speak to Walter uh, again, I guess, and, and he'll say very little as well. But it, I, I'm just—I'm sort of—I'm in, intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued how retail investors decipher the, the the language because if I look at the rest of your portfolio, you have to fund that somehow, so it can be dilutory. And you're going to, have to raise more capital to, to, to do that and I guess at this stage that's probably to be expected. Or you push forward, I was going to say sacrifice one of your good assets just to be able to get a big lump of, of, of cash or at least some sort of contributions um, which allow you to develop all of the other projects that you've got which you, you are equally excited about. So again, so what what's your preference in terms of how you move the company forward what, what are the options you've got on the table?
1: Well you know I, I think we're really in an in a enviable position right now because uh, we have lots of properties they're in hot districts uh, we potentially have the opportunity to monetize some of those one or more of those properties. Um, that's not off the table it's certainly something that we're uh, that we're looking at. Uh, We also have, I mean, the majors are sniffing around the Golden Triangle like crazy right now. We have the opportunity to share risk and reduce the cost of exploration by bringing in a joint venture partner uh, for an earn-in agreement on one or more of our properties. Uh, But you know what? We also like the idea of keeping our shareholders exposed to 100% of the interest um, in these properties and uh, part of the enviable situation we're in right now is that even after this financing, we're gonna have less than 40 million shares outstanding. So, you know, we have lots of room uh, to um, to um, do, go to the market and, and raise more money if we believe that it's in our shareholders best interest um, to maintain exposure to uh, 100% uh, of the upside on these properties and we evaluate that on a property by property basis on a deal by deal basis so if someone offers us a very rich jv or a very rich purchase agreement um, that's going to make um, a lot more sense um, and and it's something it may make more sense than uh, raising the money in the market uh, but it, it's also an opportunity that a lot of other companies don't have because uh, they don't have a bunch of properties, uh, and or they have, uh, you know, a, a very large number of, of shares outstanding. Um, so we've kind of got the best of both worlds at at the moment. Um, no one's gonna no one's gonna force us to do anything. We have serious options.
0: Right. And so, how much money are you throwing at the um, the exploration program? I mean, how many meters are you going to be drilling? What's the cost of that? And how much money are you going to be left with to do all of the other things you need to do?
1: Yeah, so we're looking at um, d- drilling about 6,000 metres this year, 3,000 on KSP, 3,000 on our SOFIA property. Um, we're pricing the drilling at about uh, 650 per metre all-in cost um, at KSP, $550 all in cost at SOFIA. Those are probably a bit high, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's better to, you know, we haven't done an exploration or we haven't done exploration projects on these properties since uh, 2018 uh, and so it, 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 we're, we're estimating a bit high um, just to make sure that um, we're, we're able to do what we're planning. Uh, so that's going to come that's that plus the geophysics and other work that we're doing to advance um, some of the porphyry targets is going to come to about uh, just over five million dollars um, and then we have some some plans uh, for other types of exploration that we might do on some of our other properties, um, those aren't quite as solidified yet. But like for instance, uh, we have a property in Southern British Columbia called the Coke Property. This is adjacent to uh, Kodiak Copper's MPD property, where they just made a well, not just, but in the in the summer they made a big hit uh, on their their gate, showing really long intersection of high-grade copper and gold uh, on a, a for free system. Uh, tech supported their uh, last financing at a high price. Our property is right beside theirs. Our property has the exact same mineral system at surface as what they're seeing at their gate showing. And it wasn't until they drilled deep underneath that that they hit higher grade mineralization. We have the same opportunity on our coke project. So we're looking at permitting that for the fall and being able to extend our uh exploration season as well as our results news flow season uh with with a property that's in an area you can explore you know three even four season. Um, so this financing really gives us a lot of flexibility about being able to um proceed with future exploration. Um, beyond just our, our current plans. And, and that's one of the things that's coming down the pipeline.
0: I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I get the optionality. you got lots of optionality. when this, I assume you, cl- you close this race, um, it gives you more optionalities. But you, you've got to be clear with the market about the order of play, where the value is going to be created, what the ultimate goal for you is. Because you describe yourself as an explorer, right? Okay, so you're not a developer by definition. And you're certainly probably not ever gonna be a producer by yourself, anyway. So how how do you describe the, the the road forward? You know, 22, 23 million market cap today, it's it's early days, um, tight corporate structure. You did that tidying up few, you know a few months ago. Uh it's it's all good, it's all good and it's very exciting, but it's kind of like you know, kitty in a sweet shop sort of level of exciting, it's like you gotta commit to You know, a a, a way forward. And so, how how do you describe the next twelve months to investors? I mean, we know what Skeena, maybe Adam want out of it, but what about us retail guys?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I know what our retail investors want. They want increase in our share price, Um, and so there's basically three value propositions for for the near term for us. The first value proposition is simply accretive growth through building an asset. We're gonna end up with a gold resource that we never used to have. Okay, and that's from the work that we're doing on our NL project. And that's that is a serious thing that we're doing because it's in an area where there are mines. And I think that you know the landscape there is going to change a lot over the next four or five years, there's going to be new mines, there's going to be better infrastructure, and we're going to be right in the heart of that. And having that gold resource there is going to really matter. It's not just pie in the sky. The second thing that we've really got going for us is our castle property. And I haven't talked about that yet, but it's up in the uh, Red Chris district in the northern corner of the Golden Triangle. This thing has tremendous exploration potential. Uh, It's it's along a 10 kilometer belt of mineralized intrusions that include the mineralized intrusions on GT Gold's Totoga property, Saddle North and Saddle South deposits. Now, GT Gold just got taken out or is about to be taken out by Newmont, uh, the world's largest gold miner uh, in a deal worth 400 456 million dollars. Now, we have six and a half kilometers of the 10 kilometer long trend that includes Saddle North and Saddle South, which is really what Newmont bought those guys for. What we know about those deposits is that the mineralization is deep. The high grade stuff that makes it worthwhile is deep. Um, So at at Saddle North, for instance, it begins around 450 meters depth. Now on our Castle property, there's been very limited drilling, about 25 drill holes in total. There's hundreds of drill holes on the other side of the claim boundary. And the average drill hole depth is only 250 meters. So if you only drilled Saddle North to 250 meters, you wouldn't have even hit anything that would have made you want to keep going barely. It wasn't until they drilled their discovery holes that were over a thousand meters deep that they really hit the high-grade mineralization that makes that thing worthwhile. It's an incredible exploration opportunity. We're really excited about it. This is a property that could bring in a really rich JV offer, but there's way more to it than just that because some of this really prospective ground is also Overlapping with an area that we think probably would be super important to Newmont for critical mining infrastructure. Okay, so if you take a look at Saddle North, Newmont didn't buy Saddle North just to hang on to it. They want to mine that thing. And it's a big deposit. Okay, so there's going to be a bunch of tailings. There's only one place that we can see to put those tailings, and that's on our ground. So, you know the amount that they could save in capital expenditures uh, by having access to our ground exceeds, I think, our current market cap. Okay, so there's a lot of value locked into our Castle property. And then finally, the third value driver for us, the thing that retail investors can be excited about in the near term um, is you know the fact that we're actually doing exploration. This company has not done an aggressive multi-property exploration campaign since 2017. So it's not priced into our, uh, our stock uh, or our market cap. And that's changed. Now we have the money to do it. We have the technical expertise to do it. We've prioritized our targets. We've come up with our plans for this year. We're moving forward. um, And we believe that that in and of itself, will bring our stock price or our market cap into alignment with our peers. And like I said, our peers are trading at or have market caps of 40, 50, 60, $70 million. And of course, then in addition to that and directly related to it is the discovery potential. When you're exploring for grassroots systems or when you're exploring grassroots systems, Oftentimes you'll make a discovery that will get the market really excited. So look at our neighbor, SK Mining, for instance. Those guys started the year, uh, if you look at their stock last year, I think they were at like 20 cents and now they're at like $2.30, something like that. And that's because they went to an area where there was some known mineralization, but it hadn't been well tested. They drilled it, they made some high grade hits and their stock just exploded. Well, that's the kind of thing that a lot of retail investors are interested in when interested in being exposed to when they invest in a junior explorer, the real pop that you get from a discovery and we're exposing our shareholders to that through the exploration that we're doing on our Sophia property
0: right okay it's it's you know it's when we have these sorts of conversations, and you know people can sort of name drop we're like this, we're like that, but you know those companies have been through a process and and what I'm trying to get at with with you I mean I quite like it. obviously anel the gold resource there fantastic. It's a nice stake in the sand, and you go somewhere between half a million ounces and, and and more um that that's good. People can measure you against that um they can also look. I mean, the story you tell about the Castle Project is also very compelling on, on both fronts. and exploration. Well, that's let's see what happens with the, with the with the drill bit. So I understand the process better. But um, and I think what I've probably got out of today is the is the way that you're going to tackle it, the order of play, and what you're trying to be like. So that's been uh, quite helpful here. But um, you the pressure better market has come off a bit right um, you said we're going to focus on the gold. Copper's not doing too bad four bucks not too shabby. Do you see that maybe as an outlier in your, I know it's in the, in your um, in the name but should that be something that you look to quickly offload and just focus on gold?
1: I don't think so Matthew uh, so here, here's the thing. Um, you know, our share price is, is not where we want it to be, even yet, um, and exploring for per- per- porphyry copper gold systems is expensive, um, you need to drill often deep holes, long holes, you need to drill a lot of holes to define a, define a resource, um, and you often need to drill a lot of holes before you've even really um, made a discovery. Um, so some of the largest porphyry copper gold systems in the world took six, seven holes um, before, before the real uh, system was hit that, that, um, that the explorers uh, were then justified in, in, in looking at it from a resource point of view. So, you know, uh, we don't want to do that kind of exploration this year uh, because we don't want to do that from a financing that is at a a low price. We need to get some some rewards. Uh, We need our market cap to go up um, and then we'll do a less dilutive financing that will support that kind of exploration. But let me tell you, you know, in the Golden Triangle, the Golden Triangle has some of the largest porphyry copper gold deposits in the world. Like for instance, on Seabridge's ground, they have Kerr, Sulphuretts, Mitchell and Iron Cap. Together, those are the world's largest undeveloped copper and gold resources from a porphyry copper gold deposit. But that's just a few tens of kilometers to uh, uh, to the east of our property. Now, one of the best ways to determine prospectivity for porphyry copper gold deposits is to look at the chemistry of silts that are in streams that are draining out of the, the catchments or uh, uh, or you know the valleys uh, where these deposits potentially lie. Now there's a huge amount of data um, for these stream silts within the Golden Triangle, uh, tens of thousands of samples uh, from from different drainages, and the ones that really light up uh, in the Golden Triangle are. Kerr Sulphure Mitchell on Seabridge's ground, around Red Criss, Creek. These are some of the largest porphyry copper gold deposits in the world. But if you look at our KSP and Kingpin properties, these are big properties, 640 square kilometers. They have the largest, brightest, most intense silt anomaly that's characteristic of porphyry copper gold deposits anywhere in the Golden Triangle, okay? And this is a region that's really underexplored for porphyry copper gold deposits because compared to, for instance, where Cursofretts-Mitchell is, our property used to be incredibly remote. It's about another 30 kilometers more remote than those ones, or at least it used to be. But now there's a road that comes down to and through the northern portion of our property. So it's not remote anymore from an exploration point of view, from a development point of view, it actually has some of the best infrastructure in the Golden Triangle. So it now makes a lot of sense to explore this thing for porphyry copper gold systems, and that's what we intend to do. But this year, we're just doing it from sort of uh, quietly behind the scenes with geophysics, geochemistry, getting our ducks in order, ducks in a row, so that we're able to really intelligently drill this after we do a less, a little financing that will allow us to do that kind of exploration.
0: Right, but if, if that's the barrier for you, like you said yourself, it's an expensive it's, it takes a while and you know you've got to drill deep. Um, and I'm just the question I'm asking is, are, do you need to be the guys that do that? Don't you bring someone else in with a bigger balance sheet than you and you know come along for the come along for the ride and get get focused on what you're doing at the moment because on the, on the basis that you outlined, you're not going to be able to get to it anytime soon in any meaningful way because you one, you've got to wait for your share price to appreciate, which hopefully through the gold work you're doing should happen. Um, it may mean a less dilutive or less expensive raise next year. It may not. And that puts out the time frame which you wanna that you're gonna be able to go and tackle the copper in. So you seem very keen and very passionate about the copper because of the the potential of it, but that's all it is right now. It's just potential. Why not try and monetize it sooner? Why not try and work a different way of, of structuring a deal and get someone in there and who can actually work on this thing? I mean the got the copper environment right now is really, really strong. There'd be no shortages of people, surely.
1: Yeah, so um you know, um, we're certainly open to the idea of having a joint venture partner um, come in and, and spend their bucks on um, on some of these targets. Uh, we've just sort of, well, I wouldn't say we've completed, but we've done a really good job of outlining what these opportunities are. Um, and that's taken a lot of work from our technical team. Um, and we're now presenting that, um, that information to a number of potential um, joint venture um, partners um, we have a bunch of CAs signed Um so you know it's a, it's a possibility that we could do something like that but you know what Matthew like these guys are sharks right and if if our market cap was 50 million dollars or 60 million dollars they'd be offering us a heck of a lot of a better deal than, than I think what they'd offer us right now so um, from the point of view of um, getting best return for our shareholders, we really need to um, look at getting our market cap um, up, whether it's to raise money to sole fund our own exploration project on the Porphyry Copper Gold systems or to bring in a JV partner.
0: Good point you make. It's a good point. They are sharks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when, yeah, I, I, I know. I understand what you're saying. You know, when when you're in a sort of stronger position, you can negotiate a better deal, and that's going to be better for shareholders. Hey, well, uh, look, Tony, uh, great run through. I mean, we only spoke some three and a half months ago. Things things have moved along. Good luck with the raise. That's that's good news if they can get that over the line and stay in touch. Let us know how you get on because obviously things are going well at the moment for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to uh, catch up with you again once we have some exploration results. I think it's going to be exciting days when when we start putting out those results.
0: What's the timing on that? Just give us an idea.
1: Uh, we'll probably be getting, putting out our first results in September,
0: October. Okay, fantastic. We'll look out for those. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for your time again. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much, Matthew. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast?